Welcome to The Coaching Podcast with Simon Blair and Emma Doyle, the show that explores how to coach for success in both sport and business. Simon is owner and founder of Five Degrees and is a customer experience coach specializing in sales and customer service for contact centers. Emma is a performance coach, mentor and speaker with more than 20 years experience in coach education, both in Australia and around the world. In this episode, I had the great pleasure of interviewing one of the world's young entrepreneurial rock stars, Manu Goswami. Manu, or Swish as he's commonly known, is an award-winning serial entrepreneur, public speaker, and one of the world's youngest venture capitalists. He has been notably featured on the Huffington Post, Canadian Student Business Review, along with notably winning Startup Canada's Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award and the United Nations Outstanding Youth Leadership Award. And in 2015, Swish was recognized as one of Canada's top 20 under 20. Swish has a voracious appetite for mentoring and coaching other young entrepreneurs and leaders, and is prolific in reaching out and connecting people together through LinkedIn and other platforms. Swish, welcome to the Coaching Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, uh, it's an absolute pleasure. Uh, possibly a little bit different to our usual guests this time, which I'm really excited about. Just give us uh, a bit of a backstory into mm-hmm. who you are, um, I suppose the sort of current things you, you might be working on, and uh, give, give some context uh, to our, our listeners. Sure. So uh, I was born in Singapore, um, and in Singapore I lived there until I was eight years old. I went to school basically did what every other child did, which was try to figure out the world around you and see whether or not you can rule it. Um, And when I was eight years old, I moved to Canada, to Calgary, Alberta. And uh, there I basically started my entrepreneurial journey. My father is an engineer by trades. He's now an oil and gas executive. He sold his soul out for the corporate world. That's fine. But um, he really wanted me to be an engineer. He wanted me to pick up some skills. Um, And so we built a hovercraft together uh, when I was eight years old. Uh, It was a very simple hovercraft, honestly. It sounds really (laughs) impressive, but it was really basic. And we sold it for $200. And instead of falling in love with engineering, I fell more with the sales aspect, the marketing aspect, getting the client and closing them. And I just love that so much that for the next 10 years of my life up till now, where I'm 20 years old, I focus on building businesses that can either provide some sort of value to someone or can connect people to one another. Um, And so I've built online incubators, uh, the world's first youth social capital fund in high school, which I got recognized nationally for. And then right now I'm working on a wearables company, uh, building high tech wearables that can connect to an AR headset so that coaches and trainers on sports teams like football teams, basketball teams, hockey teams can see their players' biometrics all in real time. So while they're actually moving, you can right. see their vertical height, their mouse power, and you know when to take them off, when to put them back in, and more importantly, when they might be susceptible to an injury. So we're working on that right now. I'm a part-time at a venture capital firm as well. I'm moving to New York in three days uh, and also have been exploring you know, some of the opportunities within New York, specifically at VaynerMedia with Gary Vaynerchuk, uh, which I'm really excited about as well. So all three of those things have culminated together to basically allow my parents to agree to me going to New York for the year um, and basically trying to figure out what direction I want to take my life. Yeah, fantastic. Some incredible sort of stuff. And I I did a bit of research uh, last night, um, swishing, uh, saw your TED talk, and certainly I'll post that to our uh, show page on Facebook uh, as well for uh, others to have a look at. 
And um, yeah, it was just impressive the the work that you've uh, you're doing. And in particular, I was fascinated by the the space of social entrepreneurship. Um, mm-hmm. So, is that something you could possibly just clarify for our uh, listeners as to because um, because it, it's such a, a major thing happening and movement happening globally at, at the moment. So, if you can just give some uh, context for our for our uh, audience around that. Sure thing. Yeah, so social entrepreneurship is uh, the lesser known brother, as I like to say. Uh, There's tech entrepreneurship, which is where Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, Elon Musk all play in. Um, And that's more well known. People normally identify with these entrepreneurs. But then there's social entrepreneurs that build businesses that are like nonprofits, um, but with the strict purpose of balancing three key actors, the people, planet, and then retaining a profit. So they're not necessarily just profit driven a lot of the businesses within social ventures can actually exist in debt um, even though it's highly unfavorable and you don't want that a lot of these are government funded and so they're able to even sustain themselves even if they're running in losses Um, and then one of the greatest social entrepreneurs which i feel like nobody in your audience is going to know and it's honestly just because the person isn't well known unless you're a social entrepreneur is bill drayton he uh, started a Ashoka Innovators for the Public and has set up basically a bunch of mentorship and connecting opportunities for people in rural areas. Uh, he also coined the phrase social entrepreneur so that was unbelievable like he literally led to that word and phrase being used yep. um, and so that's just generally what social entrepreneurship is all about. Yeah, fantastic. And in, in terms of uh, coaching, you know, you had you even expressed to me a few sort of concerns because I sort of reached out and said I'd love for you to be on the show. I think you'd be you'd, you'd be amazing. And uh, yeah, you expressed a little bit of doubt in terms of the the fit. Uh, so you know, we've had a, had a bit of correspondence, I suppose, since since then. And um, what what do you see as I suppose in terms of the context of coaching? Obviously, the myriad of things that you're involved with uh, have been involved with, are involved with, no doubt will continue. <laughs> to um, you know, diversify into a whole lot of uh, potential exciting things. The role of coaching, uh, coaching that you've received, coaching that you're giving to others, even in an informal sense, uh, mentorship. Uh, talk, talk to us about, I suppose, where you see, I suppose, your experiences in that, in that regard. Sure. So um, those are mainly threefold. Uh, one is I am still a debate coach. Uh, I've been a coach for basically about four years now teaching kids how to speak publicly. Um, I've done it at the highest level as well. My brother also is a debate champion who coached me actually when I was on the national team in high school. So coaching just runs in that family about giving back once you acquire a skill. And yeah. uh, in two months, I'm going to Shanghai to coach some kids there as well on debate. Uh, the second thing for business specifically, which I feel is kind of where your audience plays, um, I started a nonprofit called The Next Boundary, which is an online incubator. Um, and basically, each business we got that was started by someone from a marginalized community would be mentored by either me or my co-founder, both of us who had experience within tech entrepreneurship. And so I've worked for about six months just helping these businesses grow, connecting them to people, and more importantly, focusing on the personal development of those founders who are really young. They're aged like 14 to 16, right? Wow. Um, and by the way, really young. (laughs) Um, And so those are probably one of the second big piece of experience. And then the third is, you know, just online, you know, you've seen me on LinkedIn. Um, I don't know if this is coaching in a professional sense, I don't get paid for it. But I definitely whenever someone reaches out with a question, or whenever someone comments, I just love giving a tip or advice in there. Yeah, absolutely. Look, and that's, that's the thing that I I really and that have responded to in, in regards to your own 
uh, presence on LinkedIn, and uh, I see pretty much every day there's at least some some uh, thought provoking sort of content that you're putting out. Some uh, just informal, some some of the more formal things that you're doing. But but really, what what stands out mm-hmm. for me as uh, obviously a coach uh, myself is that uh, I suppose more altruistic approach. The the clear desire to yeah. help help others, uh, to give back. You know the the experiences that you've had and the opportunities to to really, I suppose, utilize the network itself and the power of that to leverage, uh, leverage it for, um, yeah, I suppose for yourself, but more so, so then you're in a better position to help others. Was that is that exactly. a good a, encapsulation of yeah. where you're at? And I, and I love that, I love that you say that because I get sometimes I get questions, and my mom asked me this question quite honestly. Like my own mother asked me this about four or five months ago, which is, hey, like you know, I see you getting on calls a lot with people, just giving free advice to them. Why are you doing it, right? Like, what are you getting in return? Are they yeah. paying you? <laughs> And honestly, like, I'm not going to claim here that I'm Mother Teresa, right? I'm, I'm of course, not just doing it for other people. Yep. But in a world where I can give back in so many different ways, in, in a world where I right now can give back and get paid for it, I choose the free approach, honestly, because I love growing with people. Um, I view growing in my professional life very similar to growing on a social media platform, which is you don't make yourself famous. You don't make yourself an influencer. People make you famous. People make you an influencer. And you have to reach out and connect with them and build a good relationship with them in order to to be able to grow together. So that's what I'm trying to do also within business. And that's why I love engaging with people and helping them out. Yeah, and I can, I can even in hearing you talk, I'm hearing echoes of uh, Claude Silver from, from <laughs> this, this, this is the, and which yeah. makes sense in terms of that whole uh, affinity with, uh, with VaynerMedia and obviously what Gary Vee's about and, and everything, which is, I suppose it comes from that almost a law of abundance, doesn't it? Is that you just, you know, the, the yeah. more you give out, the, the more you will get back. Uh, in potentially very surprising ways, um, and I'm sure you now. Uh, I actually read uh, might have been a LinkedIn post about uh, some sort of film or TV show that maybe has just sprung up recently for you, as a, as a, probably as a result of no doubt a whole range of work, but very much putting yourself out there. Is that uh, something you want to share with our uh, listeners? Sure. Yeah. So uh, there's an organization called Full Screen, which is basically an up-and-coming Netflix platform, but mainly for like smaller features and um, things that are more focused on business uh, as well as the arts. So um, one thing that they're trying to do is set up a show where they're getting creators, entrepreneurs, artists, 15 of them, to come on, and they're going to profile a lot of these people, show their they show their daily grind, but also make them mentor a kid who is about 14 to 16 years old. And after the next season, they're going to get those mentees, the people getting mentored, to be the mentors in the next season. So it'll be a pretty cool thing to see, I think, once season two comes around, if they get approval for season two, um, to see that transition happen. So you're going to be, what's your role on the, on the show, just to clarify? I'm a, I'm a mentor, so I'm going to have my life profiled in New York, yeah. So, so actually, that's the fourth aspect, I guess, that I'll be coaching yeah, yeah. people through. Well, yeah, was, but, this is where I'm coming from. What an opportunity for, to, on, on a <laughs> show to actually demonstrate I, your coaching prowess. So, so for our, uh, so our listeners, we'll have to pay particular attention, obviously, oh. do some feature, uh, feature work on our, uh, on our podcast. 
It'd be uh, yeah, no, and this is the show. Like, this is actually the first the first show that I published that type of information. Like, I've this is probably the first podcast I made it public. And I mean, you know, by no means do I believe I'm an expert at coaching. I'm not even good at it, honestly. Like, I haven't really done it in that formal setting yet. I think I have tips and advice that I can share with people um, that I could help people out with. Yeah. Well, there there is that aspect of car crash TV that can be quite attractive. So if it if it does go pear shaped, yeah. don't worry that you could at the very least be entertaining us all. So, yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure you'll be uh, you'll be absolutely fine. And there's no doubt there's a reason you've been uh, chosen uh, for for the show. You've got some skills there. So in uh, I suppose relation to the, I suppose the standard sort of question that we like to ask all of our guests, and I'd like to kick it off with. Um, for our international guests, that the, the uh, Vegemite question: love it or hate it? So, personally speaking, I love it. Okay, uh, so you have had Vegemite. Yeah. <laughs> I have, I have, yeah. So, I, I, I am a big fan. I do like that. Yeah, brilliant, excellent. So, as a result of uh, an affirmative um, response to Vegemite, uh, can you reveal the best sort of coaching experience that you've? ever had and that could be in a mentor capacity mentorship capacity or coaching either as a coacher yourself or in um someone that you've maybe uh helped yeah so do you mind if i share two things one is me as a coach and then the second me being coached oh, really short perfect. yeah perfect. great so so me as a coach i think the best experience i had is there's a company called fidget 360 in new york which i helped mentor uh last year and uh I think the best way to describe that coaching experience was focusing more on the founders and the idea. Um, I knew immediately off the bat that those founders loved their idea. They loved their business so much. And so I knew that from that standpoint, they were going to do everything in their effort to make sure that their business was solid. But the key thing that I noted was these founders sometimes were a bit naive in their personal approach to how to grow that business, to how to market it to people, to even the smallest things like how to do a face-to-face podcast and not seem like you love your idea so much and you're living in an ivory tower, right? Um, And so I definitely had to work with them personally to develop their skills. And that really was great because in that process, I got notes back from their parents telling me that I did a great job (laughs) of their kid and that they're their kid is engaging and talking to mom about their business idea and things that does not sound like gibberish. Um, (laughs) And also, you know, I got feedback from them later, which was an incredible coaching experience because I think they were able then to start looking at my life and giving me critique and feedback on my speeches that I gave. And I love that, you know, when they're able to truly be honest with me and give back to me as well, that's amazing. So the second thing really short uh, there's a mentor here called Michael Hyatt, who I have. He just sold his company for $400 million three weeks ago. Uh, he was a Dragons on Dragon's Den, which is the Canadian equivalent of Shark Tank. Sure. I took a walk with him last November, and that possibly was the greatest learning experience of all time for me. On that walk, we stopped at secondhand gaming stores, secondhand shoe shops, a thrift store, mm. and he bought things from that place. I'm looking at a person who's worth millions yeah. in front of me buying all of the stuff and his lesson of course was so simple right live below your means but he did it in a way where he basically provided me a lesson through action as opposed to words and i love that yeah that's that's uh, incredible that's quite dear to my heart actually because myself and uh, my my partner are very big on the uh, thrift shop uh, <laughs> sort of uh, expenditure and keeping costs down and uh, i mean out of necessity for for a while but yeah it's, it's incredible how those habits 
develop. And once you've done it for a period of time, you realize really how little things we actually do need. Uh, and yep. there's no equation of those things to, to happiness. Generally. Happiness, so, yep. Um, yeah, that's that's fantastic. I thought for a moment you were going to talk about he was going to do a Gary V thing and start flipping uh, <laughs> goods that he's acquired <laughs> at thrift shops. Yeah. <laughs> but no, an even yeah. an even more powerful lesson, I think. Um, <clears throat> so that's uh, that's excellent. So, what about a negative experience that you may have had as uh, in a coaching context? Yeah, uh, so I got coached in Junior Achievement, which is a Canadian incubation program. Uh, I In that program, just for context, I was 13 at the time. The average age of the people in that program are about 16, 17 years old. Um, so I was coming in as the youngest person to be accepted in that program. Uh, and sadly, the mentor that I had, um, I think, viewed me more as a person who was just, you know, there because he begged his way in. Um, he never gave me any sort of like second look because of my age and because of how young I was, even though he was talking to like 16 and 17 year olds, which I was like, come on, man, like <laughs> only four years younger. Um, but still, you know, like I, I think that was really demoralizing. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think the thing I want to emphasize here is a lot of things that you might think just, you know, people take for granted. They sometimes don't. Um, and I started to really see even his smallest actions, like coming in and addressing the room, but never looking at me, mm. never choosing me for an answer as things that I, I really didn't like. So it wasn't even as much the things he told me, which were quite negative as it is. But I think it was the way he carried himself and the way he approached me in his body language that spoke to me really, really greatly. I've been thinking and watching some of your stuff and uh, researching for our interview today. Uh, what really struck home from, I think it was your TED, TED Talk, uh, and it relates to what we've, you just mentioned, which is that you're very, very big on really smashing through the paradigms that often exist around youth and what's what youth are capable of, what they're ready for or not ready for. and So, yeah, it'd be great to get some, get some thoughts uh, from you around that. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, for me, young people... You know, as, as a young person myself, of course, but I think more importantly, as a person who has just been around kids my entire life in every activity, of course, everyone does that growing up. I also saw just the incredible potential young people had. You know, I was I was a debater that went to the World School Debating Championship. And there I was seeing kids from Ethiopia, Bermuda, from Latin America, from Europe, speaking better than their politicians back home were speaking. <laughs> yeah. And I was shocked, you know, it's yeah. amazing to see something like that. So honestly, my first ever interaction when it came to trying to help kids out and young people out was when I started Canada Thinks, which was supposed to be a business that revolutionized conferencing. Yeah. Um, I said this in my TED Talk, I hated TED Talks growing up. <laughs> like I know it's ironic now. I know it's really ironic, but I, <laughs> I know right? <laughs> they got me. Um, I hated TED Talks because I didn't like the idea, and I actually still don't like the idea that, you know, a person giving a TED Talk will stand up, give a talk, and there's little to no engagement with the audience when you're speaking to them, yeah. right? And I don't like yeah. that. I love the fact of being able to talk to that person, give them questions, bounce ideas back. Mm -hmm. And that's why when I do talks, I do the Gary Vee approach, right? Yeah. I have normally a Q&A section where I try to get as many questions from the audience. Which is more but that's anyway, what coaching is, isn't it? That's what coaching is, as opposed to just presenting or, or even training, you yeah. know? Yeah, it's that interaction, exactly. asking questions. It's all about questions. Yeah, it's a, 
it's a two-way street, right? So I love that dialogue. And so when we created Candid Things, we were like, all right, we're going to add the dialogue component into the conference style. We went around to about 40 corporations in Calgary, Alberta, which like, I know you must be shocked. Yes, they are actually 40 corporations there. It's a very small town, but still we went to each and we got rejected for our idea, right? And as I said in my TED talk, many of them were extremely fair with us, right? Your idea needs more work, build it into a business plan, come up with some mentors and advisors that can sponsor the idea. But some of the people, and they were people there, did not even give us a second look because of our age. Yeah. Um, and I realized that you know, if I was a young person getting rejected, there's probably countless other young people getting rejected for their ideas, getting funding for that, right? And so I started the National Youth Fund, which now expanded to the World Youth Fund. We're entirely self-sufficient, and all we ask kids to do is start a local chapter in their town and build a project that can make some money to be able to contribute to the fund. But literally, you know, one of the things I have had to do because of the fact that I don't have, you know, enough time anymore to concentrate on that is mentor and coach the kids right now who are all on executive within the World Youth Fund about what the true values, what the mission and what the purpose of that was. And I constantly have to remind them about the anecdote of getting rejected because it's what fuels every step and every action we make with that organization. Yeah, that's fantastic. Inspiring. Um, love it. So, uh, Swish, I want to ask you the sliding doors question. So tell us about a pivotal moment. And I imagine this is going to be something probably quite early in terms of in, uh, in your <laughs> life, <laughs> but a pivotal uh, moment that um, where you, you, you had to actually make a choice. You, 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 chose, you could have gone left, could have gone right. Whatever the choice is that you make, it sets you on quite a different path, uh, which where things could have worked out quite differently if you'd uh, chosen chosen different um have you got a sort of moment or, or moments that sort of spring to mind yeah i mean i'll give you through your life i'll I'm, I'm living in right now yep. uh I, I told you in three days i'm moving to new york yep. and not a lot of people would do something that i'm doing right i i finished two years with my schooling i have two more years to go um but i've decided that instead of getting a job out of university i want to create a job for myself I want to build a job that's perfect for me environment that i've tested out and so I want to spend this next year just learning, mastering the craft, being parts of different environments. And that's why I chose that decision as opposed to going back to school, spending my third year at U of T, going through books again and not understanding the practical application of what I'm learning. So I can't reflect on it yet. Maybe we can have another like episode two in a year. You never know. But honestly, I do still believe that no matter what happens, this path that I chose for myself is going to be better than the other because I know that there's a guarantee that if I chose going back to school, I, I wouldn't like it. And at least there's a slight potential that if I go to New York, something in my mind will click and I'll be happy to do that. Yeah. And, and it's, it is the unknown, isn't it? You're jumping into the, the bold unknown where, but you, you get to, as you said, create, create what, what you want for yourself. Um, so it's a you know, absolute privilege that we, uh, we get to talk to you right now on the cusp of, uh, taking this great leap into, um, yeah, hopefully, I suppose, an exciting chapter in your life. And, you know, who knows what surprises um, in the next six months, 12 months, couple of years may, may hold. So definitely we'll need to uh, monitor your progress uh, with, uh, with interest. Um, Swish in three words or less, what do you think makes a great coach? Great coach? Empathy, compassion, and gratitude. Um, 
I don't know if I can explain that even better than saying the three words, but you got to care for them. You got to give back and you got to remember where you came from. And I think if you take those three things, the biggest lesson you could give the people you're coaching are those three things itself. And if you're able to pass that on, you're not only making a great entrepreneur, you're making a great person. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. I love it. Uh, And do you have a question yourself? for the coaching podcast that you'd like to ask our, our, our audience of, uh, of coaches and in sport and business and for Emma and myself to discuss on the show? Yeah, uh, actually I actually have two, so that's fine. Oh. Uh, uh, I know I threw a doozy that way, All but... Right. Okay, you can have two. <laughs> uh, the first is, uh, in your guys' mind, why do people decide to coach? Um, I just want to know more about what inner motivation people have. Um, and I'd love, honestly, for you, for you, Simon, to, to give me an answer there, too, because I just love hearing people's stories. And I know that everyone has a different one of where they come from and how that tailors into their mindset and why they become a coach. And the second one is uh, when you're trying to you know, be a good coach, um, what expectations should you set on the people you're coaching, right? Because of course, there's expectations on you as a coach to do, perform various tasks. But when you're having that first engagement with a person you're coaching, what expectations do you lay out for them mm. to do, uh, to be a good uh, mentee, if you will? Yeah. So where do, where do you set the bar in terms of, stand, and I suppose, the concept of standards? Standard. Yeah. Yep. Brilliant. Yep. We'll certainly discuss that. We've, we've touched on that a few times, but uh, I think in the context of this discussion and uh, certainly some of the themes that have been raised, it's uh, yeah the, the, the motivation for why individuals, and certainly myself and Emma, we'll, we'll talk about that uh, with relish. Can't wait. Um, so thank you so much, uh, Swish. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for being on the show. I appreciate it. I really appreciate it. And I mean, uh, just one thing quickly to say, Simon, you know, there's not a lot of people out there that are giving, you know, young people this platform to be able to speak out. And and more importantly, not a lot of people who would do it just off a cold message like I did. So <laughs> I, I really do appreciate everything that you're doing, not only for me, but the people that I see you interacting with on the platform. Yeah, fantastic. Really appreciate that, Swish. Uh, absolute pleasure and uh, good luck with everything. Um, we're going to follow you with uh, with interest. And uh, to be honest, you're an inspiration. You're an inspiration to me. So nothing to do with your age well it is because you are young and you're doing what you're doing and that is inspirational and i and i know because it inspires others as as well to to really take action and um and try things and and follow your passions and uh and i think that's that's significant but you also offer some very practical sort of uh insights and considerations for people um and i think that's really really valuable so thank you thank you once again appreciate it You're listening to The Coaching Podcast, brought to you by Five Degrees, Australia's number one in call quality monitoring and coaching for contact centres. Visit Five Degrees, spelled F-I-V-E, at fivedegrees.com.au to find out how you can supercharge your sales and customer service efforts. And The Coaching Podcast, also brought to you with thanks to Emma Doyle, international speaker, mentor, and performance coach, specialising in communication, women in leadership, and coach education for players, parents, clubs, schools and coaches right around the world. Visit emmadoyle.com.au and discover your inner coach today. Simon, well done. Another fantastic interview. Well done for getting Swish. I love that you're so active and with LinkedIn and you're proactive in actually making it easy for people 
uh, to say yes. I mean, who wouldn't to the coaching <laughs> podcast? <laughs> exactly. It's the coaching podcast. <laughs> uh, thanks, Emma. Um, yeah, look, I've been, LinkedIn has been tremendous in terms of just in a very organic way, just messaging people that I've seen posts and uh, been following them for a while or things that have resonated with me. And I thought, oh, that'd be good for our show and just message them directly and uh, validate whatever I saw that's prompted me to reach out. And uh, most people are certainly keen to um, contribute and, and I suppose love being asked. Yeah, and uh, biometric wearables, hello. <laughs> the way of the future. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm about to head to New York um, for the Women's Tennis Coaching Association Conference. Yep. And the theme of the conference is the art and science of coaching. Mm. And straight away he's talking about technology that, is our future. Absolutely. It is going to be in the sporting world. And I thought to myself, wow, in tennis practice at the elite level, imagine having a biometric wearable to know where your player's at in that training session. And mm. then also combine not only the physiology, but that's where coaching is so important is the mindset. Yeah. And that you can't have a wearable for that. And that's why <laughs> that's why we have the coaching podcast because I I really deeply passionately yes. you can feel it believe that we need strategies and coaches need strategies to add to their coaching tool belt so that we can balance the art and the science of coaching well it's a good example with uh, the technology side of it and because I, I agree it's like it's, it's amazing how uh, and i suppose what's different so that there's a lot of that technology exists globally now um through a number of key or a couple of in particular uh, one of the melbourne-based company and uh, who provides sporting teams around the world with uh, the trackers that provide a lot of data. But what uh, Swish is referring to is r the real-time aspect in the moment rather than post-game. You sit down and analyse what the, what the data is telling you. And that's what's just another level again. And But like all data, like all insights, it's, it's another piece of insight, another it metric is. that it needs a person to interpret and, and be able to then do something with that communicate the message communicate that to the person to do something different mm. um or yeah and to impart that so you're right it's always comes comes back to that skill and and aptitude in communication and uh coaching absolutely and if i could go straight to something that jumped out from that whole interview and and i know i think you and i both had this moment where our eyes locked mm. uh the moment when he says Growing with people. Yes. Did you? I mean, <laughs> I, I I wrote it down. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I wrote it down, highlighted it. <laughs> I mean, growing with people. You know, w when we talk about coaching, when it's all said and done, it is the journey of the growth of the person, and as he even says, when when those mentees give back to him, mm. he's growing as well. So it is a real two way street of growth. I'm not saying that the, the student is necessarily uh, leading leading the way. I mean, yeah. it's it's the balance, isn't it? The, the coach yeah. providing the vision for the player. And uh, and then if I could just then expand on that, the other thing that really jumped out for me was around people, um, people make you an influence. Mm. And people, it's, so if you grow with people and you do a good job as a coach, 
then that's, you know, you don't, it's not, hey, I'm, I'm an influencer. No. It's the people make you an influencer. They will decide. The people will make you an entrepreneur. It, 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 Absolutely. We, so for me, it's like the momentum of that mm. was a really key a key defining moment. And that's a good word, the, actually. I think, yeah, momentum. Um, the uh, that Because, I mean, what jumps out with, with Swish and what really attracted me to actually reach out to him was that, that altruism, that he's just all about helping uh, mm. for no, you know, financial recompense you know just i'm gonna mm. uh it's, it's an innate thing for him to and as he said you know he certainly gets something out of it but but that's innate innate to him and he knows he knows that by doing that it's it's providing him with tremendous opportunities and um in his life and and just satisfaction and joy and and growth growth as a result of helping others and and yeah. as you said that symbiotic relationship of uh good coaching relationship that we we know all too well when it works effectively the the benefit that we as coaches get and derive from from seeing that growth in others and just being part of that journey and uh and the growth we get as as individuals from that feedback loop so absolutely and and social entrepreneurship yep yep. people the planet and profit Mm. gotta make a profit to then be able to make it keep going but i think Certainly, uh, some of the interviews I've done also recently for the coaching podcast have been with social entrepreneurs, mm. and to be surrounded by these people, it's like, it's like you walk away and you go, "How can I help? Yes, how can I help? Like, what can I do? Like, just the tracks. Uh, yeah, what, you know? yeah. Like Daniel Flynn, you know, with the the thank you um, project that he's he's working with there and saving lives, and it's like, you know, and I think that is the key difference in the future of coaching. Mm. When coaches do a good job, it's like reputation, it's it's brand awareness, yep. and it's around people gravitate towards uh, that that social entrepreneurship of giving back, totally, and, and contributing, which is part of you know when in his what makes a great coach, we've got uh, empathy, compassion, and gratitude, and the importance of which I loved know where you've come from, and also then to give back. And that really ties in really well with the, the social entrepreneurship, I think, with, with what makes a great coach. And, and it goes back to the – I totally agree with that, Emma. And mm. it goes back to the, the why for all of us, the why for a business overall, as you said, the why for us as coaches. Uh, and I think there, there is a global movement there of uh, because there's opportunities to why – if you're going to be in business, do something that's actually you know, going to make a difference to the planet. Yeah, and it just – it just um, reminded me of something that I heard recently from a CEO of a very large organisation. I uh, Again, you know what I'm like, I, I offer to buy them coffee at their convenience. Yes. Very effective technique. And I sat down with him and he started the conversation saying that every morning he writes down a list of five people that he's going to reach out to. Mm. and just say, hey, you know, thank you for this or I'm just seeing how you're going. Yep. And five people, he does that every day, like Monday mm. to Friday. And this is a CEO of a very large organisation yep. that's an extremely busy person, which yeah, yeah. we all are. But he prioritises. But he prioritises yep. that. And, it, and, and, you know, on this show I think we're always trying to give out – you know, great coaching practical strategies. What what a great strategy in line with this interview of what we're hearing of, of great practice. What, what were your thoughts around the what makes a great coach? Uh, well, I mean, you know, em- empathy is front and centre, that care factor, giving back, remembering where you came from. Just the nature of gratitude is something that 
I've certainly been paying a lot more attention to myself and being more mindful as to the need for me to do that uh, to others and, and recognizing that when you do, how powerful that is um, and, and just the appreciation that you can show and, and give to people for when they have helped you in, in whatever capacity that is. And, uh, Secondhand stores. <laughs> Secondhand stores, yeah. And but taking action, he was talking about oh. at the, you know, when he went for a walk with with somebody, obviously one of yeah. one of his mentors, actually showed through action, mm. not just words. Hey, let's take a walk. Let's a- absolutely li- and live be- below your means. Mm. Wow. So what? So it's almost you know what can I? When we talk about gratitude, how how can you rather than just even words yeah putting that into a practical thing you can do for someone mm-hmm. that is actually of value to them yes and that could be because of a skill set that you've got something that uh, you have identified would be beneficial for them you know it's like you know we ask people to be on our show you know and the, and the gratitude we have for our guests and the time like swish to take out uh you know we had a quite an extended chat and um to just you know He's moving to New York three, three days later. You know, he's there now. And, he, you know, he's going gangbusters. Um, uh, but, um, yeah, the gratitude that I know you do and, and, and I do for for everyone that, that helps us out. Absolutely. Uh, and we're, we're certainly whatever. So any anyone that's uh, yeah, been on the show, uh, all of our listeners that show us support, then... We're, uh, we're very thankful. We're very thankful. And if you feel there's anything we can offer of value to you, absolutely don't be afraid to reach out. Yeah. And the other uh, variation uh, we'd like to introduce into the show, when when they ask a question, um, we would love for you to now begin to really yeah. answer that question and not just reflect on it. We've always asked you to reflect on it, but mm. we'd love to actually know what your answer is. So please on the Facebook, um, the yeah. coaching podcast, jot down. Uh, so here's two questions. I know that you're really keen to answer one and maybe I'll have a go at the other yeah. just just quickly. But, you know, the first one he, he said, hey, Simon, and I want to know, I'm really interested in people's journeys, why uh, did you decide to coach? Yep. And, well, it's interesting since our last uh, time together, Emma, with with recording and uh, the amount of time that I've been spending with my girls who are doing uh, their football this year in an all-girls team. Uh, what un- age group? Under, uh, they're, they're 13, but they're playing in under 15 girls. So yeah. A number of different ages in that, but but all, all young. Mm. And uh, it's nearly at the, the end of the season. And, I, you know, I've been lucky enough to be um, an active participant, I suppose, as uh, as one of the, the coaching staff, uh, in effect, helping them along. And that's... Uh, you know, just as we as we sit here now, just reflecting on on that uh, the last few months in particular, what that's done to me in, internally, my, my my mindset, and it's really taken me back to when I first started coaching junior sport, and we've you know I've, I've shared that that story with with basketball and how it coincided with uh, my uh, journey with coaching in business, and uh, just making me realise just the sheer joy that I get out of being able to lift up, put a spark under someone. Um, and especially some of the the girls that are, you know, they can struggle. They they it's a bit harder for them. Maybe certain physical attributes don't come as easily to them, and uh, that manifests itself in their psychology around themselves. And when you can play a part in just through a little te- technique, uh, how to kick a football uh, by just showing them, spending five minutes one on one, and bang, it's just a transformational thing. And that the gratitude that they give you, and it's yeah. You know what it's all about with with uh, with kids and junior sport and um, seeing that 
when they can put something into practice that was hard, challenging, mm, mm. and they're in, they're suddenly in a different place. Uh, that's that's it. That's that's the why. There's nothing better. Yeah, yeah and you do that forever for nothing. <laughs> you know. And I guess you know you've been now a business coach for how many years? Actually, what what. Uh, 20 about 24 years 24 years and for you to i guess in in some ways come you know you started out mm. with the basketball junior now to, to just even this year in this experience with with your girls football mm. um uh coaching in that realm yes. tell tell i mean would you say that the the skills the coaching skills in business are then transferable you can drop them into oh, the into the football world, absolutely. Which world. is why we we decided to do this podcast because yeah. we you and I both knew that we knew that, that certainly there are there are inherent differences, but the the fundamental skills that what makes a great coach and we hear it from we heard it from Swish and we hear heard it from all our other guests, you know whether you're a sporting coach because it's people, isn't it? It's mm. it's growing with people, mm. um, and so what in in whatever context you're in. Um, whether it's with friends and family and in a professional setting, business or sport, um, I think those communication skills and the care factor uh, and how that works in together is is, is what it's about. Um, and, yeah, it's been an interesting, yeah, going full circle. It's been a long while. It's been a big gap for me in terms of kids' sport and coaching and um, just realising that's just... Oh, it's so thrilling, so thrilling to be a coach. part of, and in that age group in particular, I really like that. You know, that's such a crucial age; those formative early teenage years. You know, and the power of sport, as you well know, to um, to get them, and especially girls. You know, we've talked about this a bit to to get them at that age and and really just in, enjoy that and embrace that. And if you haven't seen it yet, I posted a video from on our Facebook page around the, you know, I suppose, the power that of of team. And uh, and all the benefits of, of being involved in sport was there's something quite um, yeah. quite powerful there if you if you check it out on well, our page. So. If I can, only because of what you just said, um, mm. our listeners, pro- you know, I probably haven't announced this yet. I, I certainly said that I that I wanted to do a TED talk, mm. and then I that I uh, was actually knocked back. And yes. uh, and so now it's with great excitement, like anything in life. Remember, when those doors keep closing, just keep knocking, yeah. just keep chipping away. And I'm really excited um, to actually be doing my first ever TED Talk on the 16th of September in uh, in Oneonta, New York. Yes. And uh, <laughs> on exactly on what you're just talking about, So, wow. which is around okay. teenage girls on the onset of puberty and how do we engage and yep. empower. So engage through listening and empower through language. Mm. And that's that's my focus of my talk. Wow. And awesome. I'm so excited because I know, <laughs> you know, we always talk about our failings as well mm. on the show and how hard it is. And at, when I when I didn't get it, I was like mm. so disappointed. And now to be actually, you know what, Now's get back up again. And you've done it. You're, well, you you got to do it. But yeah. The opportunity is now there. It's, yeah. It's booked in. Yeah. Um, and, that's amazing. And interesting just on, Well done. <laughs> thank you. And, and on what Swish said around TED Talks, I, I – it is, um, I'm, like, for example, I'm on draft 28. That's that's yeah. honest right now. I'm still refining my draft. But I totally agree with him. Every single workshop I do, it's so interactive with yes. the audience because it's 
It's uh, I love to know where they're at. You know, mm. if I engage them and I get them sharing, pairing, thinking. In the moment, react it, to that. Reacting. Rather than the just, here's a script and I'm going to deliver it. Yeah, yeah. so, but that, that's the hardest thing about yes. TED. So, yes. but I, I'm actually embracing the challenge because it is quite foreign to what I'm used to. I mean, as you know, I, I've told you that the disaster story when I, I learned a speech off the top of my, you know, yeah. learned it word for word. And now all the advice I'm getting is in 12 minutes, you know what, you're better off learning it almost um, until... I guess until the the information embodies you, yeah, yeah. Um, and in in talking about a coach, I've you know I went and got myself a TED coach because yeah, yeah. it is okay. a different way to actually present. So, can I ask you a question about that? Yeah, because um, you're making me think of the coaching that I do with um, phone communication and sales and customer service, and the key um, I suppose model that I have is and, and terminology that I use. It's structure, not script. Yeah. Fantastic. So structure gives you something to hold on to. Yes. But then you've got room to dance. Absolutely. And play. So important. And and bring yourself yeah. and your energy, whatever that is in the moment. Yep. And especially if you're re- reacting to audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want it has to be yeah. and you've got it's got to be you real in the moment and that's what cuts through and yeah. when you see people speak and Absolutely. You, when you love it and you, it's it's always despite all the differences that is the common element when it when it just really works and absolutely. kicks into a higher gear. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess getting just um, back to Swish, uh, the second question about what expectations do you put on your your the, the person you're coaching? Mm. And I thought about this. Uh, I had an experience yesterday. Uh, I had a client actually who's going to be running the New York Marathon. Yep. I, I always love when we do the podcast because it's it is it's what's happening in your life, isn't yes. it? It comes straight to mind, but that came straight to mind. And what I wanted to share that I think is really important, especially especially you know as I, when you're dealing with female clients, mm. is around stretching the the, the comfort zone. Mm. And it, it's it so in terms of expectations, it's okay. In my years of experience of coaching, how far do I think I can stretch this person? Yes. That they feel like they can achieve that. That's not outside of their comfort zone. It's actually just stretching mm. their existing boundary. So it doesn't break them. Yes. <laughs> and and that, that's such a yeah. such a fine line. Such a fine line. And, and, and sometimes when we, um, oh God, I, mm. <laughs> I'm thinking of the, my involvement as a coach with the kid, the mistakes that I've made, and I'm mindful of it, and then go, oh, I've gone too far. I've, I've even language. I've gone too far Pushed for girls. You know, the far. difference with girls and boys. And, That's right. And I'm, I'm the bloke doing defaulting to... Patriarchalism. Is, you know, is that just, a word? I don't know, but bloke, bloke stuff. Blokeism. <laughs> blokeism. That's and, a better word. And, and the other yeah. assistant coach is also male and the head coach is female. And yeah. so there's an interesting Dynamic. checking mechanism there. But, yeah, it's, mm. it's, it's hard. And often it's mm. you've got to test. You've got to test. And sometimes you do push too hard and you can pull it back. And as long as there's care yeah uh, and, and respect and I, I think to, to finish I guess testing the bound of, of stretching the the comfort mm. zone is really about asking awesome questions yeah which is you can see he, swish does that he's 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 a he's a sponge he wants more knowledge you, you can yeah, yeah. feel it in this interview and I think you know tell me more or what if or what could or what's possible or yes. next time and you know vision looking yeah forward. that's my yeah. big part of my um key messages in my in my TED talk is observe the past yeah 
focus on the future and return to the present to execute and deliver. Yeah, yeah. So uh, thank you so awesome. much, Simon. Great awesome stuff. interview. Really, really enjoyed it. Uh, and, of course, yep. sorry, one more thing. Yeah, yeah. But in 10 days' time, I will be in New York. Thank you to you. So I'm paying gratitude to you for setting up the interview with Claude Silva. Oh, that's right. <laughs> she sent me a meeting request. Hey, I'll take all the credit. Yes. Thanks so I'll, I'll buy her a coffee and you never know. Hopefully she'll want a tennis lesson. And, yeah. And who, but, who, you know, I don't know what's going to come of that. Well, she wanted to come. She did mention about possibly coming to the Australian Open in uh, in the new yeah. year. I think you may may have to have a conversation around that. Yeah, well, let's, be... let's work on the US Open first. We'll yeah, both be yeah. there and well, uh, one step at a time. But I, I, I'll be stretching my, my own comfort zone yeah. in, in meeting her and and actually sure. um and you know that excites me so uh so be thank yourself you. emma that's all you have to do yeah good luck with the with the talk i just can't wait to hear all about it thank you so much for your support and um no worries you'll kill everything, it everything kill you it. do with these these guests <laughs> this the coaching podcast is a, a bit of a game changer and and thanks wish just personally um absolute inspiration uh, I encourage everyone to connect with him on LinkedIn, follow him, follow him on social media. He's doing some amazing things globally, and for such a young guy, he's just um, just rocking it. Just rocking it, and and and. and- Create your own job for yourself. Create or your own job. Go out and do it. Write it down. <laughs> dream dream big, you know. Yep. Create your own lifestyle, your own job and, and go for it. Step out of stretch that comfort that, zone. Yeah. I was going to say stretch that zone. <laughs> That's the difference, male, female host. <laughs> there you go. Excellent. All Thanks, right. Emma. See you soon. Thanks to Manu Swish Goswami for being our featured guest on this episode of The Coaching Podcast. We wish you well in your New York adventures and we'll follow you closely as you continue to impact the world and to create the perfect job for yourself. I encourage everyone to jump on our Facebook group and check out Swish's TED Talk, which we'll post to the page, plus the video from Gary V of when Swish managed to meet his idol in person at his New York City office. And please connect with him on LinkedIn. Just search Manu Goswami, M-A-N-U-G-O-S-W-A-M-I. And he would love it if you dropped him a message to say you heard his interview on our show. And you can check out more about Swish via his personal website, manugoswami.com. The Coaching Podcast is proudly brought to you by Five Degrees, Australia's number one in quality monitoring and coaching for contact centres. And thanks to emmadoyle.com.au, speaker, mentor and performance coach. My name's Jane Neild, producer for The Coaching Podcast. Thanks for listening. Listener.